welcome to Pierce the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode, let me see here, 254. That was intense, man. You had to do all that to figure out what episode I, I feel was. like I had a slow delivery in the beginning, so I had to kind of like, you know, speed it up a little bit. So in order to speed it up, you took the time to grab a piece of paper? Yeah, just to get it loud. Flap it really loud? Hey, you know what? Oh, sorry if anybody's ears were affected by that. It's all right. I'll, I'll adjust the levels. So, okay. you know. yeah, All right. So... A lot of energy in this episode, but here's the interesting thing. This episode is how to prevent reseller burnout. That's a thing. It, it is a thing. I would say the reason I put this together, it's because it's probably the first time since I've gone full time that I have felt a real burnout. You started to feel burnout? And the, no, I am burned out. Ooh. So, so, and it, I, we got to keep it real on the podcast. So, so you're, uh, in this one, you're 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 preaching to yourself, kind of. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I mean, that's that's important too. To you know, I mean, we always say on Pierce's podcast, if you listen to us, that you know, I mean, one of our our taglines is that we're real, right? And and a big part of it is we're not going to try and sell the dream of like, hey, you know, just do this thing and buy a twenty dollar course, and you're going to be riding in your Lambo, right? And everything's going to be easy peasy gravy. You know, it's it's not it's not always easy. Sometimes you catch a break. Sometimes uh, opportunities arise that you're able to strike on, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, anytime you're hustling, any kind of anything that's worthwhile, there's going to be a ton of obstacles and mm-hmm. that's when you risk burnout. Now, I will say, I, I want to preface this with, I'm burned out, but it doesn't mean I'm burned out like I'm done with reselling. Like I know this it is just, temporary. It, it's just, I, mean, I guess smolder is not the right word because that almost has a, like a positive connotation here, but you're just kind of like, like, I don't know. Like, g- give me, give me three weeks. Like we start Q4 and whatever. And we just need to stoke the fire. That's it. Yeah, that's right. it. So that's that's kind of what we're going to talk about here a little bit. But before we get started, hey, want to say thank you to everyone who signed up for buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. I signed up for that membership. Are we, are we looking at a Zoom here? I'm just going to ask you on the live here. Are we making it happen? Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> well, what did we say it was going to be? We were thinking coming Monday? this coming Monday. Okay. So are, are we setting that in stone now? I know you had a baby and everything, so you've been busy. So everyone understands. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be... Probably only like a half hour or so. Okay, uh, get together, but because uh, yeah, we also have to record a couple podcasts that day. But yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, let's plan. Let's plan All right. Monday. So the sixteenth. It's the sixteenth of August. I cannot. Yeah, right. I don't know. It's the yeah. I'm go back to school that. No, day. it's yeah. It's the sixteenth of, uh, of August. It's crazy. It is crazy. I feel like summer just flew. I felt like I was in South Dakota just yesterday with my kids, and now. Anyways, those of you who have been following us. So uh, the the invite for that will be sent out via buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle uh, to all those that are members. Uh, so membership is different than just buying a coffee. It's doing it like a monthly or a, I don't know if it's a weekly, but I know there's a yearly way to, uh, to sign up. So again, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. And uh, yeah, we'll have a virtual meetup on the 16th. So th- thank you, Mike, for being available. Yeah. And Mike's been busy, man. Having that newborn. How, how, I know I know this is a theme episode, but yeah, I mean talk about burnout, man. Just not just not sleeping. That's tough, man. That messes because just when you're not sleeping, it messes up your diet, it messes up your routines, it messes up your exercise, it messes up your work, it messes up everything, right? Like my whole once your circadian rhythms are out of whack, I mean, whew, newborns are tough, but worth it. So yeah. I'm glad I had my kids young. Like I couldn't imagine in my forties having kids. And no, you know, no, no offense to anybody that has, and that may happen again for me one day. Just joking, but <laughs> but the, the reality. You need to tell no, 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 dude. I'm not even married. So, but the the reality is that the, the energy level in your 20s and in your 40s in parenting is totally different. I feel like the last kid gets like the the laziest parenting. Just wait, just wait. So, anyways, all right. We're, we're talking about another burnout, not parenting burnout. We're talking about reseller burnout. So yeah, I, when I, when I, when I wrote it, when I wrote the notes here and I put this together and talked with Mike, I was thinking of how to make this in a practical level and a philosophical level and in a way to help all of us. Right. Because for some of us, this is our full time, right. And for us to be burned out and full-time resellers, that's a bad scenario. Like we don't have options, right? If you're part-time, you kind of do have an option, right? You can walk away, but you, maybe you can't. Maybe you've gotten used to having that extra 200 a week that's been really nice or or maybe that extra money has helped pay some of the bills. And, and even though you're not full time, like stepping away would be really hard. So how do you prevent yourself from reaching that final burnout where it's like, 
I'm done. I'm walking away. Right. So, uh, some things here, the very first thing, and this is kind of like anything, this is like relationship advice. This is spiritual advice. It's going back to the original things you love doing and reselling. Right. And so what I mean by that is there gets a point as a reseller, maybe, maybe you can, you know, chime in here and see if I'm off on this. There come a point as a reseller where you stop buying what you enjoy reselling. You start buying just simply on profit. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's probably like that with anything in the sense of if you started reselling and it was kind of like a part-time or even just a hobby, anything you do that's, that's a hobby or fun or something you enjoy doing, which I think most people resell to an extent because they enjoy, enjoy it. Um, once it becomes a job, things change, right? Like mm-hmm. once money is involved, then you kind of have to, you have to make sacrifices. You got to kind of co- make compromise on, on what it is you're wanting to do. Um, I'm actually in the process of reading uh, Fountainhead right now. Ayn Rand's Fountainhead. And, and part of that oh is, my, is, is that's a, I haven't looked at that in a long time. And, and one of the things in there is there's a, there's two protagonists really. And, and the difference between the two is one of them has got such convictions on the type of, they're both architects, but the type of buildings that he wants to do that he just refuses. It won't make any compromise. Basically is going to be poor because he refuses to, to, to do any building that's not his vision. And then the other architect who is nothing but compromise. And so part of that is that, that once you start to, to do it, you, I don't want to say you're compromised, but you kind of have to compromise to an extent to say, you know, I, I need to make money like that. That bottom line literally is the bottom line. And so, um, I will, I'll sell things that maybe aren't enjoyable. You know, I'll sell, I'll sell makeup if I have to, I don't, you know, know anything about makeup, but if that's what's going to make me profit and I might stop selling the things that I enjoy because, Hey, there's the profits not there. And once you do that and you start to sell things for, for nothing but the profit, then man, if, if that profit drops at all a little bit, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. even if your, your time doesn't seem to be worth it, cause you might be making the profit, but you're like, I just, I don't feel like I have the time that I used to have. And once you start to recognize any, any, any chink in the chain, any flaw that you have, it's like, uh Oh, like I, now the, the thing, the, the fact that you don't enjoy it is that much worse, right? It's like, why am I doing this thing that I don't enjoy? Whereas if you, you loved vintage electronics or if you loved a certain sports team and you collected their stuff and you sold other things and then maybe you don't care if the profit's not there a week or two because you're like, but I love this. This is my passion. And so, yeah, you're going to make some compromises for profit and, uh, and it makes it that much more difficult to, uh, to keep that fire going. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And so that's why I say go back and, and just start sourcing the items. Now, again, you have to source for profit, but I would say if you have a healthy enough inventory, it's probably, it's okay to step away and go, you know what? I'm not going to pick up all these items that I don't care for. Right. And we've talked about before, like DVD players and VCRs and, and I have plenty. I mean, I, I have probably like 20 or 30 that I have not touched just cause I'm, I'm, and I won't pick them up anymore. I, and I know there's major profit in electronics, uh, but I just won't pick them up. And so I had my, I had my fill and now I, I source what, you know, what I enjoy, but I will tell you there has been, especially with Amazon, right? Amazon can be very robotic, right? You'll source things you don't really care about because it's going to be profitable. And it's going to be quick money. But if you find yourself getting burned out, I do think you need to go back as to, okay, what did you enjoy about reselling? Did you enjoy Have you not been to a garage sale in a long time, right? A lot of people got started with garage sales. They love the garage sales. And then they found, you know what? It's a lot easier for me to order a pallet. So you ordered a pallet and now you've been in pallet life for weeks on end. And you're like, I'm so done with this now. You probably need to continue doing the pallet life, right? That That's what allowed you to upscale your business. It allowed you to make more money. But it doesn't hurt to get out there every once in a while and do a garage sale. Get out there and hit that thrift store, right? Find those treasures. Yeah, I think I think the uh, compromise, the the positive compromise you can make here is don't completely give up the thing you need to do to make the money, like you were saying. So if if you're having to sell, I don't know, shoes and you hate selling shoes or you don't, you're not really enjoying pallets as much as you used to, but you loved going to garage sales. Don't give up the pallets completely. Don't give up the thing, but maybe say, you know, what? I'm going to give myself. 10 to 15% of the time that that I've been devoting to this thing and I'm going to do it to go back to the original love, right? Because sometimes that's all it takes. It's just a little bit of, of oh, I remember why I started this. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, you don't want to be foolish. You don't want to say, you know what? I'm just going to say, forget it. I'm not going to do anything that's profitable and I'm going to sell something that doesn't make any profit at all. But you know, I like the way they look. Yeah, I know. You know, like that's, that's a yeah, terrible idea. Yeah, it so, has to be so, reasonable. So, so give yourself... 
you know, figure it out. You got to figure it out what it is. Maybe say, you know what, I'm going to do, I'm going to do one day a week, or I'm going to do half a day a week where I'm just going to go back to the thing that maybe is less profitable, but it's more enjoyable and it'll keep me doing this long, lo- longer uh, term. And, and that's part of it too. It's even, even taking rest days. Like it's kind of weird to think that some of the most productive people are people who take a whole day off where they don't even look at work at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Because what they're doing is they're saying, you know what, like I'm going to recharge and you can go, you can go seven days a week, you know, 365 days a year. And maybe you're only 40% productive every day because you're yeah, just true. burnt very out. True, Whereas true. if you take a day off every week, you might be running at hundred percent those other five to six days. So it sometimes it's worth it to, to take some of your business time and go back to that thing you love. You might find that you're actually more productive with the other time that you have. Agreed. Agreed. All right. The other one is I put just declutter. I think a major, and this goes to people that are, you know, how many times I would say every, pretty much every reseller, I would say 99% of resellers source a lot of items and they create death piles. And then maybe they, they create death piles of, they're not death piles anymore. So death piles are items that are unlisted. Maybe they just create piles of things that are listed. Right. And so they, they find themselves in a spot where like, and this is how it was in my previous condo where I had stuff everywhere. Now, right now I have a lot of merchandise in places throughout my house, but they're not in my living spaces for the most part. Right. They're, they're not in my living room. They're not in my kitchen. Remember, I used to share stories about the kitchen cabinets. Right. They're not in, in any of the bedrooms. I mean, th- those are all living spaces. And so I don't feel like I'm constantly dealing with reselling. Now, it only takes a few steps for me to turn the corner and go, oh, there's some inventory, right? Because I have a couple eBay rooms. But decluttering definitely allows you not to feel so burdened down by reselling, like it's consuming your life. And in in my condo, I felt consumed because it was everywhere. Yeah. I I, I love that. um, uh, I think it was Jordan Peterson. He talked about it, like with cleaning, cleaning your room and specifically like desks. Like if you have envelopes on your desk, and you know the inside of there, like there's an IRS bill and there's other bills and there's maybe things you don't want to see, but you like let it build up and you let it build up and you think like, well, if I don't look at it, I don't have to stress, yeah, yeah. right? If I just don't look at this thing and I'm not, I don't have to stress about it. But the reality is, you know, it's sitting there, you know, it's there and it, and it does, it just kind of weighs on you. Whereas if, yeah, you take that time to, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to face it. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of work right now and I'm going to declutter. I'm going to clean up things. I'm going to make a workspace that's actually you know, where I I can breathe in and I'm not like, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do. And maybe it's a death pile, right? You can take a death pile and you can cover it with a blanket or you can shove it in a closet, kind of like you used to do when you were a kid and you had to clean, you just shoved everything under your bed, but it doesn't feel real. You know, like, you know, deep down, you know, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. but if you actually do those things, if you say, you know what, I'm feeling burnt out and I'm going to spend a little bit of time, I'm going to actually just tackle this, this death pile that's been hanging over my head. And you might realize like, you know what? I didn't realize the burden I was carrying with that death pile, which now that I'm done with it, it's like, oh my goodness, I feel like 10 pounds lighter, just like mm-hmm. I could breathe better. And I didn't even realize it was kind of over hanging over me. So yeah, definitely cleaning up the room or even going back to uh, uh, one of the books we read with Make Your Bed, right? Of just, yep. you know, just doing something can get you going. Sometimes when you're not motivated, just doing something will get you going. And that kind of moves into the next thing we're going to talk about, which is kind of consistency, right? Like just doing it, just making making it a habit to do the things you need to do. And I would call this discipline. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I, I, again, I, you know, Mike laughs because I always, I'm not a fan of the word discipline, but yeah, it's true. I, the book Atomic Habits, I will say that probably had the biggest, one of the biggest impacts out of all the books we had. Right. And so when Mike talks about consistency, it's, I wrote consistency, make it a habit. Right. And so with reselling, I think one of the reasons I personally know for myself why I get burned out is because I have not made certain things a habit, meaning that it's kind of like my day. And I, I still, I'm still like that at times where it's like, oh, okay, you know, what, I'll list maybe a little bit here and I'll list a little bit later, or, or maybe, you know, I'll take care of this inventory over here. I'll take care of this inventory there. And, and before you know it, all you're doing is reselling all day, right? You don't have blocks of time where you're, where you're being, really efficient. Instead, you just kind of, you know, you listed a couple of things here, you listed a couple of things there. And next thing you know, you feel like you've just been working all day. But instead, what you could do is develop a habit that's saying, hey, after this time, I won't do this until I get this done. Right. And that's kind of what atomics, I forget what atomic habits called it, but when you like layer habits where, you know, let's say you wake up, you eat breakfast, you work out, but you need to do some, I don't know, self-help and some self-help reading or something. 
you put that in like between breakfast and working out. And so you won't work out until you do your reading. Right. And that just becomes a habit and it's just part of what you do. And I find that recently one of the things that have, have kept me from being burnt out is saying, hey, OK, I will only list at these times. I will only source at these times. These other times are going to be left open for me to spend time with my kids or whatever. Yeah. And and if you're if you're smart enough or wise enough, I guess I should say to to plan it out ahead of time and say, you know, I'm going to plan that I need to take those breaks. I, I might need to declutter. I might need to spend some time with family, all of those things. Um, then and you know the things you do need to do then yeah you, you just have to to do it and and another book that i don't know if we read the book but i know we've talked about the quote the idea of eating the frog right where oh, yeah. you just do the most difficult thing first and sometimes that's all it takes like working out like i actually really enjoy working out but 90% of the time in the morning when it's time to go work out i i do not want to do it mm-hmm. and it's not mm-hmm. until i'm in the middle of doing it and i'm like this is the best decision i've made all day and probably will make most of the day right is is this workout and if I only worked out when I felt like, you know what, I need to go work out and I'm, I'm excited about it, I would be out of shape. I would I would look terrible. I'd feel terrible. You know, it's one of those things where you, you know what you need to do. And sometimes it's listing. Sometimes it's it's taking pictures. Sometimes it's organ- whatever it is, work on your taxes. And once you start it, you're like, OK, this was the right thing to do. But if you only do it when you're excited about doing it, you might not ever do it. Right. So but once you get going, you're like, I know where I want to be. I want financial freedom. I know the five things I need to do this year to make sure I've got financial freedom. And I know that uh, the things I got to do to get there, right? And part of that is I got a list. I've got a source. I've got a whatever it is. And whether or not you feel like it, you just do it. And you might realize it's like it ebbs and flows. Like things like passion. Like I know, you know, we've gone back and forth in different books that we've read have said different things. But I really believe like enthusiasm for things are going to, it's going to ebb and flow. In any area of life, even things you love doing, even hobbies, even, you know, maybe it's a video game you love, right? Like even things that you really love doing, your excitement for it is going to ebb and flow. There's going to be times you want it more and there's going to be times you want it less. But when it's something you need to do, it's like you just you just do it and and it's going to end up coming back. Right. The excitement, the enthusiasm. And you might say, you know, what, this well, is and, and the thing is, the feeling of accomplishment gets you a little bit away. Get that from, dopamine. Hit. Yeah, it gets you away from that burnout feel. Right. You got that death pile done. You're like, okay, all right. That wasn't too bad. Right. And you want to do more or if it, like you said, if it just sits there and everything's cluttered, man, you can get some really depressive states. Yeah. Especially, especially when you're full, I'm telling you as a full-time reseller, one of the best, one of the reasons I moved to a larger property where I didn't have to see my inventory was for that, because I got to tell you, seeing inventory on a daily basis was just rough. And I understand everybody is in a place in a different place. And, you know, if, if you're in that scenario, I understand I've been there. I was there for years where I would just have inventory and all kinds of different spaces. So, but I would hundred percent even, and I hate saying this cause I'm hundred percent opposed to this. If you got to just redonate some stuff that wasn't worth picking up, maybe it's time to just do that, which that's the first time I think I've ever said that. And 250 plus episodes. All right. Hey, uh, we also have other things on the relational level. But before we talk about the relational level, I want to talk about our awesome relationship we have with AmericanBubbleBoy.com. You guys have made this last month, the month of July, was our biggest uh, month with American Boy, uh, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. And, you know, I say this because... I really believe in this product. It's great. I use it all the time. I get, you know, people ask me all the time. I had a friend of mine just, he's moving and he's like, Hey, where'd I get my bubble wrap? And I sent him the link. And not just because, you know, we get a little bit because of the affiliate link, but because it's really is the best price. Uh, you know, I have talked before about, I love the four foot roll with the 750 square feet. Uh, it's thirty nine ninety nine free shipping Two-day, next-day, local pickup, and a bunch of other items. So if you haven't, you know, bought bubble wrap yet from AmericanBubbleBoy.com, I strongly encourage you to at least once. Just try it out once. Guarantee, you know, everybody's a hiccups, but I guarantee probably 99.99% of you will say, you know what, this is where I'm going to from now on. So again, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Please use our link below, and it'll definitely help you out. All right, let's talk about the relational level. Because I think it's a lot of burnout especially if if your full time has to deal with your relationships with people and social media and and again it's it's amazing cuz we're talking specifically about reselling yeah but but so much of this just applies to to anything so even if you're a part-time reseller and you're like you know what I don't feel burnt out with this but but just my job or whatever else like 
these things are like legitimate, you know, like mm -hmm. so the impact of social media on your life and then whether or not you're connecting with people, what your tribe is like, like it's going to totally change your attitude, what you're doing, the, the way you feel, all of that. Yeah, agreed. And so I, I put I, and I wrote this down, I said, be careful on social media. And there's two reasons I say that. And it depends where you're at. There's the one camp where when things aren't going so well, right, you can very easily get on social media and see every single highlight reel and go like, it just must be me. Like it, it, I must be doing something horrible. I must not be doing something right. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I would love reselling more if I sold like so-and-so or if I could be so-and-so. And that comparison game can really, really hurt you. And here's the deal. Social media is a highlight reel. It is. I mean, I, how many posts have I put on Instagram that I've shared that said, you know, you know, I'm kind of burned out or, you know, I really don't feel like, you know, listening today. I mean, every once in a while I'll put like, you know, one day I put a zero sales day and a lot of you resonated with that going, what? You can have a zero sales day with like over 2000 items. Yeah, you can. It's, it, it, I didn't think it was possible, but, it, but it's happened. Uh, and so there's that one camp where you can get really even more burnt out by saying, you know what? I'm putting in all this effort and I'm not getting the results like everybody else. Right. It's kind of, it's kind of like social media. I mean, even Mike and I, we, we, we joke around about like our podcast does really well, but our YouTube, like we're not where we wish we would be on our YouTube. Right. And there's other people that have skyrocketed in, in a month or two or, or in a year. And so we were kind of late to the YouTube game because we only planned on being a podcast. Now, if I, if I compared myself to everybody else, I would, you know, I'd be like, oh man, what's the point of doing YouTube? But here's the deal. The reality is, is that everybody has their different level of what they're doing, right? Mike and I have, and we'll talk about this later on, but Mike and I have a family and we have family to take care of. We choose to spend our, our time, you know, whether it be uh, helping on the community or the, or the schools that we work at or the churches that we're at. And so we can't be at that same level and we just, we make those choices. And so that's why be very careful. This, this is going to be kind of grim, but bringing up, this is not a Jordan Peterson episode, but um, the other day I saw something in a, he had said, you know, sometimes you get on the road and you see somebody with a Porsche and you're like, wow, I want to be like that guy. You know, I want to drive that Porsche. Maybe you've heard this one before. And he's like, but the reality is maybe that guy in the Porsche is thinking about wrapping their Porsche around the tree. Right. And it's like, whoa, like, you know what? That That's possible. Right. And so you never know what other people are doing. So be careful on social media. Now, the other side is you can go to the very dark place of social media, especially on YouTube, where it's like, I'm quitting eBay. Like eBay's a scam, you know, Phoebay, like doom and gloom sells. Oh like, man. Like, any, anything. And I find this with different several, it's, it's, it's every community you can possibly think of. Like whether you're talking politics, whether you're talking hobbies, sports, what, whatever the thing is, video games. Once you start getting into it, the things, some of the best clickbait stuff that does the best. And once you get into it, because negativity is like the, it, it does well together. Like if you, if you got some negative feelings about something and you hear somebody else talking about it, mm -hmm. you just, you just attach to it. Right. You're like, yeah, it's like that water cooler talk, you know, at the office where someone's like, can you believe that, you know, the boss, the management did this. And, and as soon as somebody starts talking about it, it's like, yeah. And then you get involved too. And then the negativity just gets worse and worse and worse. But it's almost like that, the idea of like negativity loves company. It's, it's so true that, you know, it's easy to get sucked into because it's such a fast dopamine hit of like, yeah, I'm angry too. Because <laughs> anger is a really easy thing to 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 spark in people. Like to 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 spark things like joy and passion, enthusiasm. Those things are a little bit harder to do. But mm -hmm. anger, man, that's easy. Can you believe they did this? That this is going on? That they're cheating you like this? And then so those things they just do well. And because the way the algorithms are set up you know, YouTube and, and Instagram and all those things, they're not taking time to look like, you know what, uh, let's try and evenly push like positive things and negative, like they're just like, Hey, more people are watching this. So this is obviously what people want to watch, put it on the feed, right? Like make sure this is what people are seeing and it just spreads. And so, um, yeah, you can easily get sucked into the negativity thing. And even, even beyond just that, like going along with the idea of social media too, is you can easily do nothing but virtual like be a virtual reseller in the sense of you don't really resell, but like you watch enough YouTubes mm. about it. You you're watching enough Instagram stories. That's a scary place you're to in be. Instagram and you're like, you feel like you're a reseller. You know, you, maybe you're like, you know what? I didn't do my listings this week, but like, you know, I've been on reselling social media 
all day. So like you feel like you did something reselling related and you really didn't do anything reselling related. Right. And the same things happen. I mean, I watch so many people who are just like on social media all the time and I'm really big on, on learning. Right. And you can learn so much on social media. You can learn so much on YouTube, but you can also waste your time on those platforms Mm -hmm. pretending like you're learning. Look at how much I learned, you know, watching eight hours of YouTube today it's like, okay, well, are, are you going to see an increase in your business over the next month with what you learned? Or are you just going to spend eight more hours tomorrow on YouTube and not see any difference, maybe a decline in your business? So social media can be a time suck. It can, it can give you negative emotions and it, it can, can definitely, make, yeah. and it can make you feel like, Hey, why am I not like other people? So again, you, you got to be careful with it. Anything. I mean, social media is designed to give you that quick dopamine hit. And it's, it's much better to go back to what we talked about earlier with discipline and say, you know what? I'm not even going to get on social media until I've listed eight things today. And then if you want to scroll through TikTok and waste some time, hey, you've already did the hard thing. You've already got the dopamine hit from doing something tough today. Then doing the 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 Instagram, it's not that big of a deal. But if you're doing that, you've got no desire. It's like the, it's like it's, it becomes like a drug. You know, it really can make you less motivated. Yeah, agreed. And so this next one, it's kind of interesting one because I'm a big believer that most people in your life don't know what you're doing. They don't understand it. They don't understand, you know, what it means when you have a slow sale day. They don't understand what it means to be listing and you don't get the return. And so I'm a big fan of connecting with other real life resellers uh, because sometimes you'll share somebody, something with someone and you're just like, Hey, you know, the things are kind of tough, blah, blah, blah. And they don't, they don't get it. Like they, they just don't get it. Right. How many times do you share with somebody what you do for a living and they just have no idea what you're talking about. Right. And so I'm a big fan of connecting with other real life resellers. I'm not saying on social media, I'm saying in real life and, you know, maybe it'd be locally or maybe, you know, maybe you do end up having to meet with somebody on social media and just say, Hey, you know, like, can we talk offline or whatever? I know it sounds kind of weird, but (laughs) I mean, I am always encouraged. And I, you know, one of my, one of my good reselling friends who's now moved, which I'm kind of sad was within lived within five miles from where I'm at, but it was always refreshing when, you know, he'd, he'd invite me and my boys over uh, to have dinner with his family and we'd go over there and, and we would talk reselling, but it was, it was very, it was, you know, it was very positive to share that experience of like, okay, you had things that were slow, but Hey, this is what sold for me. This is what did well for me. And, and, and it's always good. It's always good because it, it, it not only uh, gives you a place to kind of I guess unload and people understand what you're talking about, but it also gives you a place where you can be encouraged and go, okay, you know what? This is definitely, you know, not just me. There's other people that have ups and downs and they're able to make it. And so I I encourage you because here's the deal as a full-time reseller, like it's a lonely life. I'll be real with you guys. It is a lonely life. I, you know, um, I am not married, so it's even lonelier for me. Right. But if I, if there was a time when I was married and I was a reseller and, and even with my spouse at that time, she didn't understand what reselling was like. She didn't watch these YouTubes of me. Like I, it was all, you know, it was like, she was like, Oh, I'm gonna go to bed and I'd go, all right, I'm gonna watch some, you know, some YouTube and watch some resellers. And like, you know, I, I couldn't connect on that level. Now, if you're privileged enough to be with somebody that is a reseller, good for you. Like, that's great. I'm sure there's some negatives to that too, but I encourage you connect with others because you, people that have the same experience will definitely be an encouragement to you and it'll help prevent you from having that future burnout. So I think that's great. And then uh, kind of the opposite of that, which is also true is you got to make sure that you're connecting with people, even if they're not resellers and specifically non-reselling <laughs> people, because you can easily jobs like this. Uh, if you're doing it full time, it's going to be even more so. But jobs where you can do it from home, your out of the home stuff is shopping. So your interactions are just, hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, paper, please, or plastic. And that's kind of your interactions with people. Um, you're going to you're going to you're going to struggle uh, because we are we're, we're social creatures and I am very introverted. I do just fine for long periods of time on my own. Um, that's how I recharge. However, you need other people. We need to interact with other people. and. I think it's important to have the right people in your life. And uh, it's easy to talk about that and to, you know, say like, make sure you have good, positive people in your life. And there's numerous things on, on social media where you see like cut the the toxic people or bad people out of your life and all this stuff. And, and so I don't need to say any of those things, but I, one of the things that have stuck with me, I think it is true is that 
famous saying of you're, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if the five people you're spending the most time with are virtual, you know, people and you're not, you're just connecting on social media, you're not really connecting with people, you're going to be in a bad place. You're going to want to have a couple of people in your life. And I suggest kind of think about the person you want to be. And if you're like, you know, I really want to get better at business, go find and connect and, and become friends or find a mentor who is really good at business and spend some time with them, like offer to take them out to lunch, you know, get in a good, you know, basis relationship with them. So you could text them questions. And, you know, if you need somebody, you know, part of you too, is you want to be empathetic or you want to be able to, to connect with people then find somebody who's like really good at like listening to problems and can give you good advice. And if you've got like those five people in your life, like somebody who's good at all the different things, then you're set, you know, because one of the things that, you know, Orlando has said, uh, Gary V he's mentioned Gary V saying this before. And especially in an early they, podcast, you put me at the same level as Gary V. No, well, you've talked about Gary <laughs> V all the time. That was your boy. Um, but the idea of like, nobody cares, right? Like for the most part, no one's going to care. You can complain on social media. You can talk, but if you, if you do have a couple of genuine friends, you know, like Orlando can tell me problems. I can tell Orlando problems. And the reality is like, we can be empathetic. And a lot of times it's like, here, let me give you, you're being, you're being silly about this. This is not something to worry about. Mm -hmm. Or you know what? Like, this is really tough, man. Like I, I, I've got nothing to, to offer you other than like this tough. And sometimes that's all you need. Right. And so mm -hmm. it is good to have a few people in your life that you can connect with because yeah, you want to be able to say like, you know what? I'm just burnt. Like, I feel like I'm working all day, every day, and I'm not accomplishing the things I want to accomplish. And maybe there's other things in your life. Like I feel like I'm not being respected or valued or whatever it is. And I'm trying to work and I'm not, I don't feel like I'm successful. And, and so, yeah, maybe you need those people in your life where you can tell them and they can say like, suck it up, man. You went through this last you know year and remember things worked out or bro, like I'm here for you, you know? So you, you need to connect with real people. Uh, Cause if you try and do it alone, um, eventually you're, you're going to, you're going to fall. You're going to fail, right? Like if you've got a couple of people who you can kind of lean on here and there um, and and not necessarily like rely on, but but lean on, you're going to be much better off. Yeah. And also I'll add to that. Don't make, you know, especially if you're a full-time reseller, I think it's very easy to make reselling like every everything, like all you do all day, every day. And I've been in those moments. I mean, there's Q4 there. I, I would say the last three Q4s, that's Pretty much from November, December, that's all I did pretty much every single day. And so you you got to be careful and you got to find fulfillment in other things. You got to find fulfillment more than just making money. You know, for me, uh, the reason I still teach once a week is because I find a lot of fulfillment being in that classroom uh, with those students and, and talking about history. I just love it. Uh, you know, my place of peace is a church on Sunday mornings, right? No matter what's going on. I got, I got to make sure I don't look at my eBay notification or anything. I just spend that couple hours and I feel energized. Right. And so you, you got to make connections that are non-reselling related because it's very, I get, I got to tell you, it's very easy to be a full-time reseller. And this is all you do because especially if you're on social media. So that's where I say you got to be careful of, you could spend all your time sourcing you spend all your time listening. Then you spend all your time on social media before you know it, that's all you're doing. Even even to to the point that even you may have kids and you're you're thinking that hey I have I I had to you know be careful this summer that I have all these time with my kids because I don't have to work during the summer and my kids have the summer off but the whole time my kids could be literally a room away and I'm just doing reselling the whole time and I'm really not spending that time with my kids and I'm not feeling energized and so instead I I feel burnt out yeah and it's kind of interesting if you think about it like people might not know that about this about us but we have a reselling podcast, but when we are talking off the air, I would say maybe 5% <laughs> yeah. of our conversations are reselling related. 100%, yeah. 95% of our conversations are going to be other things, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're always like, we've got other things that, that we have in common that are not reselling related. And it, and it's interesting because yeah, like if, if anybody watches the, the podcast on YouTube or listens to it, they probably think that when we're together, it's just like reselling, 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 reselling. And pretty much the only reselling talk we have might be like, Hey, do you got, you know, what's your bolo this week for the podcast? And then we talk about stuff on the podcast, but then once the the camera's off, you know, we're talking life. And so, yeah, having that connection, I think probably actually helps. Like, so even if you connect with other resellers, have those things that aren't necessarily reselling because connecting with other people and just being able to vent and talk and debate or and I, sometimes we just go out, go to, go to we town do. debating each other and it's fun and, times. and we love it. So yeah. So make sure you, you've got some people in your life that it, it, it definitely helps. 
All right. Hey, before we move on, even though we said all these things about social media, I do want to say we are on social media. We are yeah. our social media won't cause any negativity in your life. No. In fact, if you only use social media for Pure Russell Podcast, it will bring nothing but positive into you your go. life. There you go. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pure Russell Podcast. Uh, by the way, you know it's interesting. I'm we've I've only posted once in the last like two months on TikTok, and I don't feel bad. I feel a lot of people are like that. Um, I saw like Shaquille O'Neal did some kind of crazy TikTok and he was like, well, it's been a long time. And I looked that dude had not posted for like four months. And I think that's kind of what's going on on that platform. I think people were all in and now people are kind of like, yeah, every once in a while I'll post. But we are on there and I'm grateful to uh, shout out to uh, to our rules who said what's up. And I said he found me at a thrift store and he's like, hey, uh, I asked him, like, how'd you find out about it? He's like, oh, I saw you on TikTok. And I was like, oh. Sorry, man. We haven't posted like in a long time, but appreciate you. So shout out to Euro. Thanks for saying what's up. Uh, if you see us anywhere, just say what's up. Uh, do you know, though, like if we're on a garage sale or or something like it may be a short one because, you know, and most of you, it's funny because a lot of you are like, all right, man, I know you guys got to do sales. Just want to say what's up. And, you know, the pound and they walk away and appreciate that. But uh, always say hi. I always appreciate that. Also, you can find us on Clubhouse and Twitter. Pure so cast. You can shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. It's podcast at gmail.com. Or you can give us a call at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. If you are listening to this podcast and you don't watch this on YouTube, jump on over, hit that subscribe button and that bell notification to be notified and make sure to hit that like button. If, you, if you're watching this right now and you haven't yet, please hit that like button just to let you know other people know that they should check out this podcast. And uh, thank you to all of you that have helped us out with the iTunes reviews. Uh, probably on the next episode, we'll read a couple of them, but I, I think we're getting closer to 500. So I uh, just go to Apple iTunes. And if you could review our podcast, it definitely helps out in the algorithm. All right. Now it's for one of our favorite segments. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. Hustle of the week. Here we go. And again, uh, make sure you're following that hashtag on Instagram. If you're on Instagram yep. and, uh, you know, add us. You know, or, uh, or 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 even hashtag Pure Podcast when you use that too. Even though, uh, even though we're not necessarily always looking that up, but you know, I feel like I feel like we want to make sure that this hashtag stays reselling related, and we're we're owning this thing. Like we we as the reselling community, uh, we own Hustle of the Week. So let's let's keep that going. Uh, so this it's first always, one, sorry, no, I was just, it's always funny when you see random stuff on there. Like yeah. one time it was a barber shop or something. Well, see, what I worry <laughs> about is like some yeah some other. Some other something is going to happen and next, you know, hustle of the week's going to be, you know, somewhere else. And, and we want to make sure it stays reselling. And so there's thousands of posts when, when people see it and they're like, Oh, and then they see Pure hustle podcast on there too. And then they'll check it out and they'll be like, this is what the hustle of the week is. And they'll find actually, you know, there I was talking about them. So, all right. So first one uh, comes from Mike, whose Instagram handle is at MK frog treasures. And, uh, and, this is a, a long time listener of oh, ours, yeah, he's so awesome, we yeah. really appreciate. Uh, so picked up at the store that should not be named. Dun dun dun! A John Deere vintage '80s patch hat from Ocala, Florida. Ocala, Ocala, Florida. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> for seventy-five cents, listed it on eBay and sold within a few weeks for a best offer of two hundred and twenty-five dollars. That's fantastic. And you know what? Um, I mean, '80s. That's obviously great. John Deere. It's one of those things that you know. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's just like a household name. Like it, it's got a, a cult following. In fact, I remember my wife has like cousin and her cousin's kid. They asked her or him, you know, what's your favorite color? And he's like, John Deere green, you know, like there's like John Deere, man. Like there are people like that. That's the thing. So that's awesome to go from 75 cents to $225. I've sold hats that I picked up for like 50 cents for over a hundred, but never that much for that low. And it's John price. Deere. And this is what I got to say about Mike and MK frog treasures. John Deere is very easy for you to pass over in the sense that there's so many John Deere hats. And, and I was at a place one time where I thought almost every hat I picked up was vintage. And then after a while, I was like, yeah, I don't think these are all vintage. Right. But if you look at this hat, go check out his account. Like this would have been, I think a lot of people would have passed over because you don't even see the John Deere unless you're looking for it. So when I mean about a patch, it looks like a patch that's on the hat. Okay, that's what patch hat means. I wonder, I wonder when you're selling stuff like that, if you're like not sure whether or not it's actually vintage, if you don't know the year of its origin, if you could say like, vintage style hat or vintage well, style I, and you can yeah. just in the description say like you know year unknown but you know looks like you know 80s style or 90s i think style if you clothing. just put vintage the market will tell you you know what i mean like 
but I would just hate for someone to be like, this is, this was made in, you know, 2018. This is not vintage, you know, but if you say vintage style, I, I'm like, I, that's just a, the only a reason I say, I, I, I say don't do that is because that would, so people that are looking for vintage wouldn't click on that. Cause then they're like, Oh, vintage style. But but I mean like only if you don't know, right? Like if, if you know it's vintage, then put vintage. But if you're yeah. like, if you're like 50, 50, you're like, you know what? This hat looks pretty old. It kind of has that vintage look to it, but I have no way of like knowing because if you put vintage and someone's looking for vintage and they get it thinking that this is from, no, they'll tell you before they buy it. Like if they know what they're buying, they'll tell you before they, yeah, but that's assuming that they know. Right. But like, imagine somebody who doesn't know and they buy it and they get it. And then they realize later, like, wait a minute, this isn't vintage. No, no, no. That suck. So no, I've, 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 I've received that before, even though my piece was vintage. So I get it. All right. This next one. So this is kind of a grail of grail, uh, hustle of the week. And we put it right there in, in the middle of the sandwich and, uh, it's not done yet. So Jen, IG handle thrift to travel. We've actually interviewed her on our show. I should have looked up what episode she was, uh, but, uh, she is awesome. She, here's the thing. Jen is, I would say she is a master at like finding stuff at like hardware stores, like old items that, um, that people would pass over and that are discontinued for major profit. And not only does she find them, you know, locally she finds them like if you hear if you listen to our episode it's episode 132 with jen episode 132 she she'll go on vacation she'll go like to the bahamas or the dominican or some other part of the world and she'll go to those thrift stores and she'll find some crazy discontinued finds now this one wasn't one of those this was a thrift store find now listen to this so she went to a thrift store during her lunch hour and spotted a pour on the shelf so pour you ever seen a pour Kind of like a cup with the, you know, oh, yeah. so you can things, whatever. Uh, normally wouldn't look at it, but had some time to kill. Found out it was an original Ray Dunn piece before Ray Dunn was mainstream. Picked it up for 49 cents and put it on auction for $19.99 for 10 days. In less than 24 hours, it went up to $910. Okay. And so let's take a look at where it's at now. Uh, let me let me put it up. I'm watching actually this. Right now. Okay. So. There's four days left on the auction. 38 bids. This 49 cent Ray Dunn piece is at $3,400. Insane. And if you look at it, all right. So if you go check out her Instagram, I wouldn't have looked this up. You know what I mean? Like, well, why, why would I stop and look at this, at this cup? Tell me, man, we need to get into glassware. We need to get into porcelain. Hey, maybe, maybe. I just... The thing is, I've looked at stuff for a long time. I, I, you just got to know. You just, it just you takes time. It just takes time. But Jen, we're excited. If you haven't checked it out, I, I wonder how many. Let's see how many people are watching this. It tells you on eBay, right? I haven't done an auction in a while. Uh, watching. No, I can't tell. Maybe she can tell on her account. But yeah, it's. um, Yeah, there's 18 bidders. There's 30 bids. There's four days and 23 hours left. So I mean, 18 bidders. That's a lot of people. That's how you know there's demand for it. Well, right. just this think, isn't like two about, bidders. Yeah. That with 38 bids going back and forth. This is 18 different people who are like, this is mine. I wonder where it's it. gonna go when that 30 seconds hits. Oh yeah. That's where it's gonna be exciting. Right. We should have a watch party. <laughs> there you go. A watch party. So Jen, thanks so much for I, I messaged her. I'm like, hey, can we share this? She's like, of course. So thanks so much. Thrift to travel. Check it out. Oh, you probably want to know what it is so you can watch it, right? On eBay. So if you look up vintage Ray Dunn poor poor. 2008 handmade clay red stitch porcelain bird, or maybe I could just give you the item number. Let me see. Uh, let me pull up the item number. Why can't I pull up the item number? Let's I don't see. know. Oh, here we go. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Item number one, four, four, one, three, nine, nine, three, four, zero, three, one. That's one, four, four, one, three, nine, nine, three. Four zero three one. Bingo. And what it'll do is more people watch, the greater it'll bring attention to it. Maybe. Or or if people are watching without uh, bidding, that might actually mess it up. So I don't hope think we so. don't mess it up. No. Way. There's obviously demand for it. That thing's selling. Yeah, selling it's gonna good. sell for good money. All right. All right. So our next one comes from IG Handle at the Keystone Picker. So a few months back, picked up a box of records at a local online auction. Uh, paid around thirteen to fourteen dollars, and the box had a stack of old books and manuals in it. Uh, didn't find a lot of info on some of them, so decided uh, to put one of the manuals at auction, but almost put it 
Um, almost put it at sixty nine. Buy it now instead. Six ninety nine. Oh, it's sixty nine ninety nine. Buy it now. Buy it now instead. Listed for six ninety nine auction, and it sold within with five bids for three hundred and twelve dollars plus shipping. See, and that's when like when you don't know. Sometimes that's when auction is good because uh, if you're like, I think this might be worthwhile, but I don't know what to price it for, and you don't you don't see comps sold comps. That might be when you just say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna let the market decide. And it could be dangerous because maybe no one's looking for it and you end up selling it for less than it's worth. But, you know, if this person would have sold it for $69, you would have lost out on a lot. So for $312 from just a manual that came out of out of this box of records and stuff like $13, dollars $312 have one manual. Holy cow. Yeah. So and, and it's an interesting manual because, uh, you know, let me uh, give you the title of it. It's. A Seabird CICM service school manual, 1940 reproduction commercial music system. Like I wouldn't have, there's no, I wouldn't have known. Right. So again, thank you, uh, Keystone Picker. Uh, and, uh, really appreciate you sharing that with us. Take a look. Both of those hustle of the week were auctions and we were, I'm adamantly opposed to auctions. I don't know. Maybe there's a, there's a time for auctions, you know, I don't know. All right. What's your hustle of the week? So my hustle of the week is actually my wife's hustle of the week. So okay. um, I we sold a jacket a little while ago and it was a and I've gotten into tools. So I was like, did I pick this up like before I knew anything about tools? Like I, I couldn't remember. And I remember like pretty much everything I picked up. There's some things I'm like, I don't know. remember picking that up. But most things I remember buying. And this was a Cornwell tools jacket. And it was just like a kind of unassuming denim jacket with like a red fleece sleeves and like denim for the, the chest part. And there were no comps. I know there's a few comps for, for similar jackets for this brand, but um, not many. And we, we ended up selling it for like 50 bucks, close to $50. And I'm like, I just don't remember. Like, was that good? Cause we accepted an offer and I'm like, I don't, what did I buy that? When did I buy that? And my wife's like, I bought that. And I was like, when did you buy that? And, and she's only been to like maybe one garage sale thing on her own. And it was, it wasn't really a garage sale. It was like a, like a, a woman's group was doing like a, what are the, a rummage sale. A rummage sale. Yeah. And she went to it and she bought this for like a dollar and it sold for close to 50. And so I'm like, right on. Like, that's awesome. Like, so I love when things that she picked up at that rummage sale, which they still sell. Uh, and she got a couple of things that were like really valuable. And I was like, man, like, Maybe we should send her uh sourcing more often. But it's just kind of cool because I'm like, I don't even know if this is a good offer to take. And I'm like, I don't remember how much I paid for it. And she's like, oh, I think I only paid a dollar. And I'm like, you? Oh, dollar, yeah, you dollar picked Dollar 50 up. is like, nice. Yeah. And, and that's the nice thing, too, when you go to those like rummage sales. A lot of times I feel like you can get better deals at a lot of rummage sales than you can at, uh, at like garage sales because everything's been donated. And they're just like, you know, like instead of trying to figure out what clothes are worth, we're just going to say everything that's on the racks are a dollar each and mm -hmm. all the shoes are $2 and all the, and they don't try and figure out what's what. Uh, whereas if you go to a garage sale, you know, someone might go, well, yeah, that jacket's 20 bucks and that jacket's $5 and that jacket's $2. Whereas at rummage sells a lot of times they don't have time for that. So, but anyways, uh, you know, hats off to my wife for getting out there in the early days and, and doing some sourcing and, and it's paying days. off, you know? All right. So mine's an interesting one. And, uh, you know me, I, I'm not a big fan of sharing too much retail arbitrage, but so I'm going to share the product, but I won't share the store that I, it was picked up just for, you know, in case people still want to source. So in case you didn't know, and this has been all over social media, so it doesn't, it does, I don't mind sharing it, but there's a shortage of chlorine tablets. You know what I'm talking about for like swimming pools? Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in stores and I've seen them, you know, with like signs that are like limited, you know, per customer based off the shortage. Yeah. yeah. And so I haven't seen any all summer. And then I was at a store and I was shopping and I saw some and I was like, huh, interesting. And the reason it's a hustle a week is because the way it went down. So we have the photo roll map. And so I decided to take, instead of buying it, I took pictures of the item, used my photo roll map and I posted it uh, on eBay. And I'm like, Hey, if this sells quick, you know, then I'm going to, you know, buy them all out. I'm going to go store to store and, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Well, you know, I listed it. I took a picture and I, I find I do this a lot and I'm not saying this is good, good practice, but, you know, if you do believe that the inventory is going to be there, it's definitely, you know, worth, you know, testing the market without having to put any capital in it. And I've done that with a few items and 
I've had some success in a few other items. I, you know, barely made it. And this is one of them. So I took the picture, photo room app. I, I put it on eBay. I listed it. Totally forgot that I listed it. I think like a week and a half later, ching. I'm like, oh, nice. A 200 something dollar sale. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's been kind of slow today. And I look and I'm like, oh, no. It's those chlorine tablets that I bought. That you didn't buy. That I did. That's right. That I didn't buy. That you listed. That I listed. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, what if what if this is sold out? So I contacted the store. I'm like, hey, just wondering if you have any of these in stock. And they're like, no, we're all sold out. I'm like, oh, no. Like, you know, the one defect you don't want is an out of stock defect. So luckily, I did call around and I found a store that had them. It wasn't too far. It was only a 15 minute drive. Went and picked it up, packed it and shipped it out and everything worked out. So I made my, I think I made $80 net on the purchase. Uh, I don't recommend doing what I do, but you know, it is, if you're able to find, I know people do this with different stores where they don't buy the inventory. They just take pictures of it. And when it sells, they just, you know, it may be next door or whatever. They just go over and they buy it and then they ship it out. So it was a hustle a week because it took zero capital. It took a little bit of anxiety though, but it all worked out and made profit. Yeah, there you go. There's my hustle of the week. Dangerous, man. Dangerous. It, it was it living was on the edge. Living on the edge. All right. Hey, so let's talk about our final point here about how to prevent reseller burnout. And for me, it's a reestablishment of priority levels. Right. And so there's, there's a few things. Now, this next thing I wanted to say, it's kind of not the same, but <laughs> if if you're getting burned out, and I think one of the reasons we burn out is when things are slow. Right. You're putting in all this effort. You're putting all this work. Sales aren't coming through. And you're like, what is going on? Like, you know, what, what is, is this the end? Is reselling done? Do I need to walk away? You know, do I need, if you're a full time reseller, it's like, do I need to get a nine to five? If you're a part time seller, it's like, hey, maybe I need to find another side hustle. But here's the thing understanding, right, that levels of, of selling rebound, right? Because in Q4, there's not a lot of people talking about burnout, right? Summer is definitely the time to burn out because, you know, even though I say, and, and I'm backtracking now a little bit. Yeah. I think you should be backtracking. I, I think this is the first time I will say, it's the first time though in, in ever that I would say sales have slowed down in the summer for me. First time ever. And so, but you know, I'm, I, I, that's why I'm burnt out because I've been putting in a ton of work and the effort that I'm expecting to get, I'm not getting. It's just, it's just not happening. But I do know that around the corner is the end of August, come September, come Q4. And, you know, things are going to be good. And the reason I know that is because I've had moments like this before. Uh, different times of the year where things were slow and things always rebound. They always rebound. And the greatest lesson to me is the time last year when we ended up all shutting down. And I really thought like reselling was done. And it ended up being the most profitable time ever to be a reseller. Yeah. And and part of that too, the the markets are are kind of cyclical. You, you know, you're gonna have the ups and downs. And as a business, when you're reselling as a as a business, mm -hmm. you have to recognize that you have to treat it like a business and you have to understand. I mean, the reason why like the traditional idea of Black Friday is that's when stores are finally making a profit, right? Mm -hmm. Like they've been in the red up until pretty much that week. And then now it's like, now we're making money. Let's celebrate because they recognize that there is a lot of upfront costs that that, you know, quarterly earnings, all of those things that project projections, all of those things are, are kind of, they're going to be all over the place, but they're looking at things in like larger timeframes. Usually stores and companies aren't thinking like, Hey, you know, maybe small stores are looking at like, here's our goals for the week or things like that. But usually at a grand scale, they're looking at, this is what we need to make this year. This is when we anticipate to make it. This is, and so if they know like, Hey, maybe you personally, you know, like, Hey, I need to make $80,000 this year in order to make it work. Well, maybe there's going to be a couple months where it's like, I'm only bringing in a thousand dollars this month. And then you get other months where you're bringing in $10,000 and you can't, you can't treat the $10,000 a month. Like, Hey, every month is going to be like this. So I'm just going to spend my money and blow it as if this is now I'm going to make $120,000 a year instead of 80. You've, you've got the research, you've got the data and you know, like, okay, these $10,000 months are going to average out and I'll still make the 80 that I, I was planning on making. So even just that perspective change of recognizing that 
when you're reselling, there's going to be times of low and you can't think, hey, you know, this week was bad. I'm just going to I'm, I'm quit. I'm done. I'm, I'm or even just stress about it too much. But you got to kind of think about it in terms of like a year. And I wouldn't suggest going full time until you've got enough data where you understand what's going to happen over the course of year, two years, because even even then, like the cycles might there, there's you've got your yearly cycles with the quarters. But then there's also like, you know, probably every four to five years, there's a trends of types of items that are selling, how people are spending, what else is going on. So you might have a couple year dip and then a couple year where things are just going crazy and then a couple year dip. And and over the course of a decade, and it's crazy to think that long, but are you do you have a trajectory where you're making profit? And that's kind of the way you have to think about it. So if you're not at a place where you can you can budget yearly as opposed to I need this much money today or my lights are getting turned off, you know, you might not be ready to go full time yet. But when you're there and you're thinking that way, that perspective change can help you from letting the burnout happen because you're like, yeah, okay, this is this is summertime or this is this week, this month. But I know I'm gonna have probably a week coming up here in the next few weeks, or I had one, you know, six months ago where it could cover seven weeks of no sales because I had such a good week back then. And I prepared and I saved and I put the money in, you know, smart places where I can access it now. Agreed. Agreed. And that's, and that's the hard part. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I moved into this new property and I know I have to make a certain amount of money more now than I made in previous years. And I, I also know that that money is probably not going to be made in the summer. It's going to be made the last three months of the year, right? So that that's a tough one, but yeah, I totally get what you're saying now. Now, this is this is to me is very important. Make sure you understand why you're reselling, right? I am I'm a big believer. If you're reselling just to make money, there's going to come a point where that's just not going to be enough. I, I truly believe that because it it might be enough if you recognize why you need the money. Correct, right. correct, correct. So, but but that I think. But that's make money too. just simply to make money, just, just yeah. simply to get that but gold chain like, or get that new car or whatever. Yeah, but if it's like, hey, I want to provide freedom for my family, mm-hmm. then then working for just the money is okay because you've got the purpose, you've got the reason behind mm-hmm. it. You know, so yeah, yeah. So I I'm a big believer in in understanding why why you're reselling because. I can't tell you how many, how many new resellers we've had listened to the podcast and they're no longer reselling because it was just profit driven. Now, profit does drive you. I'm not going to say it doesn't drive you, but that profit has to go somewhere, right? If it just goes into other materials and, and it just goes into, you know, getting the, the, you know, getting stuff that is, I would say not necessary, it's going to be a burnout quick because eventually when the sales dip and you can't have those things, then you're going to be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not reselling anymore. But if it's like, Hey, to be able to, like you said, go on a family vacation, have quality time or, or to go on a day night with your significant other, or to, to be able to, you know, pay off some loans or to be able to be financially free. Like all you got to think about the right reasons as to reselling, because if it's just, just profit driven, I do think burnout will happen eventually. All right. And this is the last one. And I want to hear what Mike says. I came up with this on my own. Uh, and so my, my thoughts were, if you're burnt out, you shouldn't make the decision about whether you're going to stop reselling or cut down your reselling when things are bad. You should make it when things are good. I I kind of look at it. It's kind of, you know, like you never, you know, you think about the stock market or crypto, you never want to panic sell. Cause usually when you panic sell, that's when you lose the most amount of your money that, and, and whenever you make any kind of emotional decision in life without looking at all the facts, without emotion tied to it, most of the time ends up being a bad decision. That's just my thoughts. So what what are your thoughts about this? If you're burnt out and you're like, Hey, I want to walk away. Maybe you should wait till the times are good to, to see if that's the decision you want to make. Yeah. I think, I think, um, there's a phrase and I might have it a little bit off, but it's something to the effect of like, don't make any decisions or don't do anything serious. If you're hungry, sleepy, or okay. angry, angry. Or hungry, sleepy, or tired, or hungry, sleepy, or lonely. Let's like one something like that, and and recognizing that yeah, like if you do something in those moments, and then once you're kind of rational again, you're like, what was I thinking, right? Like, yeah. why did I say that thing to that person, or why did I do that thing, that stupid thing? Like, it wasn't worth it. Now that I'm like rational about it, and so when you're in those moments, it's hard to. You, you can't rationalize on yourself when you're unrational. And mm. so you have to already have ahead of time an understanding. So I think, yeah, it's, it's probably a good idea when things are good or when things are kind of just neutral to say like, here is my plan. Like 
if things go bad, I am going to give it X amount of time. I'm going to talk to these three people, go over my numbers with these people because I trust their wisdom. Uh, I'm going to do this and this. And then here's my plan B or whatever it is and have it ahead of time. So that way, when things are going bad, you're not just like, yeah, I quit or I'm just going to, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go get a credit card and I'm just buying out the store and all this item. Cause I, hopefully like that'll be the thing because you're just like so desperate. Mm-hmm. But if you've already got it figured out ahead of time, when, when things are going okay and you say, Oh, all right, here's that time that I knew was going to eventually happen. And here's my plan. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z because it's already been figured out. And so you're not going to figure those things out. And and the hard part is you might be on a downward trend and you might have to, at some point, pull the parachute, right? Like you might have to pull the ripcord and there's no way about it. And, and potentially the sooner you do it, the better, you know, and I'm not saying just in resale, but in a lot of things, like I've seen a lot of people ride something way past the point where they should have, they should have, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a fan of giving up, but they should have switched lanes a long time ago, you know, but they're just yeah, like, yeah. they're just almost stubborn in something. So there might be a time when things are negative or you have such a to hard make, balance though, right? Yeah. I mean, you might have to make a decision when things are bad because things might not ever get better and, and you got to make a decision at some point. Uh, but again, it's better when you've already kind of said like, okay, if it's, if it's two months or if it's one month of, of continued this trajectory, then the decision I'll make it then. Right. As opposed to, Oh, you know, this thing has happened for a week. I'm done. I quit or, or I'm going to buy all this stuff or I'm going to get a credit card or whatever it is. So yeah, I, I yeah, think desperation buying. Yeah. Ooh. Don't be, don't, don't. I, I've done it before too. It's, it, it's not a good place to be. Yeah. You make some really bad calls. So just be real. I mean, I've made some several thousand dollar bad calls going, you know what businesses pick up. I just need to go out there and find something and tell it. And sure enough, I made a bad call. So Again, make decisions that are not emotional and that when things are good. So then when it is time to pull that plug, you already made that decision. There's no emotion involved. You got to do what you got to do. So, hey, hopefully this helped you to stay consistent and continue uh, building and continue in that hustle. Uh, And again, there are going to be times where you feel burnout. And hopefully some of the tips that we gave here help you get out of that I don't know how, what, what can I word it that burnout phase that that slow grind whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And with that being said, we're gonna end up on that slow grind. Make sure to keep it real, relevant, and reselling leads. Peace. <laughs>